Hi friends, and welcome back to a brand new episode of The Scoop. I'm your host, Sam Miller. And today we are with a guest. We are with Tyler Coy, who is one of my besties. And um, way back when we used to have a podcast, it was very different from what we do on The Scoop. So for today's episode, it's going to be a little bit different than what anything that I've done so far. Um, it's going to be a concert review, which is something that I would like to do more of. I just don't really go to that many concerts to be able to review them. But we're going to be reviewing our experience at Greta Van Fleet, which was on July 30th in Cincinnati at Heritage Bank Center. So in this episode, we're going to talk about Greta Van Fleet, our concert experience, and tips for people that are wanting to go. So if that sounds interesting to you, make sure you stick around. And we'll be right back after the short break. And we're back. So first we're going to introduce Greta Van Fleet. So if you're listening to this, you might know who they are, but there's also probably an equal possibility that you don't. So Greta Van Fleet, they are a band comprised of four guys from Michigan Three of them are brothers, so we have Josh Kizka, Jake Kizka, Sammy Kizka, and Danny Wagner. Josh does vocals, Jake does guitar, Sammy does bass, and Danny does drums. That's kind of the main part that you should know. Is there anything else you think people should know? I mean, I guess you can kind of delve in really quick into the kind of music that they play and like the uh, the kind of like revival of classic rock that they've brought to the, the music industry. And I think I think they were kind of the first band to do it back in 2017, and now we're kind of seeing a resurgence of like circa 1970s, 1980s classic rock, and I think it really all started with Greta Van Fleet. Yeah, I have to agree. So um, whenever I tell people about what Greta does as far as rock, they're like, oh, like punk rock, because that's kind of like what is very mainstream right now as far as rock but like tyler said they're really kind of reviving that 70s classic rock something that you'd see out of zeppelin queen those kind of artists and i think it's really neat that it's present in our time and that we have the opportunity to see these artists while they're our age and we'll be able to see them when they're in their 60s and 70s if they're still performing absolutely so that's Greta Van Fleet in a nutshell. So now we'll kind of get into like when we first <laughs> became fans. He's sitting over there laughing. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, so Tyler, do you want to talk about first like when you first became a fan and what it's spiraled <laughs> <laughs> into? So I'm not going to lie. I was kind of a fake fan at the beginning. Um, I started to get into the band around the time of Anthem of the Peaceful Army, their second album didn't really pay attention to them too much didn't listen to them too much but when their third album the battle at gardens gate came out that's when i started to become like a more passionate should i say fan um so for me personally i had kind of heard about them like 2018 ish because i was really deep into queen stan twitter and a lot of the people on that side of twitter were greta fans and they would talk all the time about Greta Van Fleet, and I never even gave them the time of day. And I would say, and I think this is the same for a lot of people, um, on TikTok there was a clip of the band performing on Saturday Night Live, particularly a clip where Josh is singing You're the One, and he looks to the side, turns his head, and it's a moment that a lot of people made fun of them for, 
I would, what, like months? Months, yeah. They were like, is that Pete Davidson? Is this just an SNL skit? Like, what is this? And I won't lie, I was kind of one of them too. I didn't know who they were. And I was like, who are these guys? And eventually after a while, gave them a listen. And I think from there, it kind of really took off. Um, right around the time that they announced their Dreams and Gold tour, I kind of started to become more of a fan. And now it's ridiculous. It is, <laughs> my entire personality yeah, is Greta Van Fleet. And that's, that's kind of spiraled in a timeline from maybe like around this time last year, I would say, to where we are now. Okay, so as far as buying the tickets, <laughs> I think this is kind of a universal experience amongst people who bought the tickets. So what happened was there was a like Peaceful Army pre-sale. And in order to purchase these tickets, you had to have a code. So people had to go to this website, sign, in, sign up through email, and they'd be emailed a code to use on Ticketmaster. Or I think it, maybe it was just Ticketmaster. Or was it like SeatGeek and all the other ones? I think it was only Ticketmaster that does pre-sale stuff. Well, they had this pre-sale code. And so the day of, I had, I think I had like class or something and I had to work. And I was like, I can't do either. <laughs> <laughs> I have to get these tickets um, and one of my friends wanted to go to Kroger and I was like cool but I'm buying these tickets so the time comes when they're supposed to send out the pre-sale code <laughs> and like nobody had it and I'm a part of several Facebook groups as is tie time yeah. um, and people were putting the code in the Facebook group for this pre-sale and everybody like all the admins and stuff were like, no, put the pre-sale code in the groups, we'll delete them. And so I'm freaking out because I don't have the pre-sale code. Nobody else seems to have the pre-sale code. You're on the phone with me and I don't have the pre-sale yeah. code either. We both signed up for it. And we wanted Pit, which we had a feeling was going to sell out pretty fast because their, their show is kind of known for having a, a center pit and then wherever else seating. And so we really wanted that. And we were scared it was going to sell out. So panicking in the Kroger parking lot, trying to get this pre-sale code. No luck. It eventually comes through. I get the tickets. And I could, you know, I do all the waiting on Ticketmaster to go through and actually purchase them. And then I lose them. And so I'm like, oh my god, I'm not going to get the tickets. Well, I forget that. I forget that I was, you lost I was them. freaking out because I had lost them. I was like, we're not going to get these tickets. And I really wanted to go. <laughs> and they never come anywhere near us. So, well, I got them back. And I got them back at like $30 cheaper. So it ended up working out. Which is crazy because now for like future shows, I'm seeing pit tickets for sale for like hundreds of dollars. And we got them for... 70? They're like 70, 60, 70 dollars, yeah. which is insane, which is why you need to buy pre-sale, PSA. <laughs> and I think the other thing too is like with Ticketmaster, I don't really know the science specifically, but there's something where if you're logged in through the app, it does some sort of like, it sees how much there's a need and a want mm -hmm. for a ticket. And so that allows them to skyrocket the price based on how many people are wanting these tickets. And so people in the Facebook groups were like, don't buy off of the app, don't buy off of the website, don't buy using your email. And it's like, what am I, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. But it ended up all working out, which was good. Got the tickets, 
for just one show, which there were people that were buying tickets for like six, seven shows. There were five Michigan shows, people bought tickets for all of those. And then people that bought those tickets were also buying tickets for like four or five other cities outside of that, which do what you want with your money. If I could do that, I would, but I don't know how, <laughs> truly. I don't know how. Okay, so we buy the tickets. I think it's like October, maybe? Yeah. October. Super excited. Our show is supposed to be March 20... It was the end of March. I want to say it's like the 29th or it was the, the 27th or the 29th. I think somewhere in there. Super excited. So tour starts. I don't remember which city. Kalamazoo. Start off in Kalamazoo, Michigan. And things are a little interesting people took their love for the band um and turned it into something where it just it it was it was ridiculous um what we both saw on social media was absolutely ridiculous i remember there was this tiktok of this girl uh during the weight of dreams catching josh's tambourine because during the guitar solo of the weight of dreams josh is running around with his little tambourine and he throws it out into the audience and i can't remember what show it was i want to say it was grand rapids i'm not sure uh but this girl caught it and there were someone took a video from like up in like the upper bowls of the arena of this girl catching it and then just this whole circle around her like collapsing to the floor trying to get this tambourine off of this girl and I heard like she she got out of the show with like like cuts and scratches from the discs of the tambourine on her arms and it's just it's insane um, to hear about stuff like that but I feel like um, still those people kind of represent uh, the minority of what uh, this fan base this fandom whatever you want to call it the peaceful army is really about um and so i'm seeing a lot of people that are like getting really disheartened still um mm -hmm. months later because of the way that people act at the shows uh but they're still in in the minority because the main majority um of greta van fleet fans do not act like that and will never act like that so it's a little disheartening to see but it's comforting knowing that most of us are still not like that. And I, I, that's a good point. Um, and I, I think some of the craziness is due to venue security, which we'll get into with our show here in a little bit. Um, <sighs> I don't remember which city it was, but so with those Michigan shows, people would camp out for like a day or two before. And if this was like, early March in Michigan. So there's obviously snow on the ground, it's freezing cold. And so people had to camp outside in the freezing cold just to have a chance at barricade. And one of the venues had these people lined up in front of like this great big garage door type situation and just like like released the, the, the bulls into the ring to go get barricade. So, Security seems to be an issue just across the board. Everywhere. And we, we can get into that later because that's not the important part right now. But Michigan shows, they did three shows. 
they're getting ready to do their show in Flint, Michigan, and they had to postpone because the guitarist, Jake, got pneumonia. Um, and what did Josh get? Was Josh just like... Josh was the same. Um, Josh was the same. It's just that Jake's symptoms were stronger. And because this, I don't know if this is all because of this, but their early shows started off with so much smoke. Mm. Like the the smoke machines would drench Jake to the point that you couldn't even see him. And that might have had something to do with it. There were other people at that show who said that they got like crowd acquired pneumonia or something. I believe it, yeah. Which is crazy. Um, which I mean, standing out in in Michigan in March, as cold as it would be, uh, you're bound to get something. Mm-hmm. You're bound to get something. And so to group all of those people together, it. it, it mm. I do want to commend the band though for their Michigan shows because they did buy fans pizza. Yeah. <laughs> they, were, they were waiting outside, and there's other artists who literally could not care less if their fans rotted out there as long right. as they got their money from their tickets yeah and so i do think that that was good that they did that but after those two got sick they postponed their flint show and i can't ever say it right the one starts with the y ypsilanti yeah ypsilanti Ips- yeah. i don't know if it's ypsilanti or ypsilanti but it's it's close enough i don't know how to say it but if you're from that city don't michigan's take, got some don't weird take city names. don't take offense but they had to postpone those two shows um which was really disheartening for the fans who had been waiting forever and but obviously you don't want to force jake or josh to perform while they're sick also if there's any greta fans listening to this who are from uh uh Madison, I want to say, is the is the show Madison, Wisconsin, that there was some um, venue construction going on around the time where they would want to reschedule, and so Madison just got straight up canceled. And so hearts go out to Madison um, because people who had tickets to that show or really wanted to see the show from Madison and were planning on going anyway uh, had to go somewhere else if they really wanted to see the show. Yes. So I think the other thing with those two being sick is they got a lot of backlash from people who are very selfish. So you had people who were like, I don't understand why they can't just perform anyway. Such and such performed with a broken arm. Such and such did this. Why can't they do that? And I think the fans who actually care about the guys as people understood that there needed to be time off in order for them to heal and to recuperate, to be able to come back stronger and put on a great rest of the show. So with everything getting postponed, that also meant that our date got postponed. So we had a hotel room bought anyway, so we ended up going to Cincinnati during those, what was it, two three days like two or three days yeah and so we we just went anyway we didn't bother canceling reservations or anything um and tried to make the most of it while we were there still got ready the day of the show in our concert outfits made all the tiktoks did all the things that we would have done on show day anyway 
just to try to make the most of it, went to the zoo, went to the aquarium, just tried to forget that our date <laughs> got mm. postponed, <laughs> listened to Greta the whole way there, all around the city. Besides that, the first time around, we received very little, very, very, very little communication from the venue. This is going to spiral into a conversation that might get heavily edited. Depends on <laughs> <laughs> depends on if the pod feels like getting sued or not. And by the pod, I mean me. So the first, the first time around, we had a lot of questions about how things were going to work because... Cincinnati has rules against like loitering and camping overnight. And so we didn't know what was gonna happen because other cities, smaller venues, people were able to camp out for a day or two and it wasn't at the end all be all because it was a smaller city. There wasn't rules in place and it was kind of just, this is what you have to do if you want a good spot in the pit. Well, Cincinnati is one of the bigger cities that they perform in for this tour. And so we were trying to figure things out if we're able to camp overnight, which I don't think we would have. I don't think we would have anyway. We would have anyway, but just wanting to know how early we could get there, how early we can line up and what our odds are for getting barricade. And we had reached out to them, both of us, I think twice. Multiple times. Before before the first show even got postponed to just try to figure out what are the policies and we heard nothing in return. Fast forward, what? March, April, May, June, July. Our show was July 30th. It was probably like mid-July. And we still hadn't heard anything from the venue other than clear bags only. This is the time the show starts. This is the time doors open. That's it. No other communication regarding policies on lining up camping pit entrance all that kind of stuff so if you're part of the facebook groups you know how much people talk and people ask questions and people want to know what's going on and for cincinnati there's a specific facebook group i'm sure there's probably another one that we weren't a part of but there was one in particular and People were just trying to figure out what was going on with Cincinnati with the camping situation because other cities had been allowed to or other cities were told it's not allowed and and fans were doing it anyway. And so people just didn't know what's going on. And people were posting in the Facebook group what time were people planning to get there for Cincinnati. Tyler, would you like to take over? This whole timeline is like messed up to me because I, it was, it was just such an act of negligence on their part. And I was just so mind boggled the entire time trying to deal with this venue that I don't even know what happened next. What are we talking about? Are we talking about people posting in the Facebook group that they're going to camp? Right. Anyway, almost an overabundance of people uh complaining about heritage not saying anything um people saying that they were going to camp anyway um regardless of the city's ordinance or venue policy 
And I think just a lot of people just wanted information. There were people who, you know, obviously wanted to hear what they wanted to hear, but there were people who just wanted to hear anything. Any sort of communication, any signs of life. I feel like that Heritage got, Bank Center. I feel like that got drowned out though by the people saying that they were going to break the rules anyway. Because there were people that were honestly like online, in their DMs, on their Facebook page, like everywhere trying to get information, and I think all of those people were getting drowned out by we're camping anyway, we don't care what anybody says. So it was just overall a really a really stressful and uh, mildly infuriating time. And so Heritage had been, and I want to make, we're talking about Heritage Bank Center in Cincinnati, Ohio. Be clear who we're talking about. Which, let's just preface, I want to preface this before we talk about anything further about safety or communication or security. Um, Heritage Bank Center was formerly known as the Riverfront Coliseum in Cincinnati, Ohio. Um where in 1979, um, at a Who concert, 11 people died. 11 people died and there were multiple injuries there due to venue negligence, fan craze, and lack of security or lack of quality of security. Um, So I kind of just wanna make that clear that that was the same building. It's not the same people, of course, but You would just think at that building in particular and in that city that fan safety would be the utmost important thing to them. So Heritage had been telling people who had asked, are we going to be allowed to camp? And this wasn't people saying per se, I'm going to do whatever I want and I don't care what you say. This was just people asking, "Um, am I allowed to camp? What are the policies? And they told people flat out, no camping will be allowed. We will not tolerate it. And it's in writing. Based on both venue policy and city ordinance. And then we moved to about three days? I I think it was five days before the show. I think it was on the 25th. Just a few days before the show, they announced... Plot twist, we are going to allow you to camp, to camp. You can start camping at noon the day before the show, which, in my opinion, is overkill. Anyway, even if it was allowed to begin with. Right. But they had told people flat out, this will not be allowed. You are not allowed to do this. We will not have it. Cincinnati police will not have it. Our venue policies will not allow for this kind of thing to occur. Well, they allowed it because they allowed people to bully them into breaking their own rules. And that's not left up for interpretation. That is what they said. That is what the venue itself said. They said that due to an overwhelming amount of people saying that they were going to camp anyway, we have decided we have partnered with Cincinnati police to set this thing up um, after telling you that this wasn't going to be allowed. And that's the thing. Camping... I'm fine with it, you know. I do acknowledge that it is part of the GA concert experience nowadays. Mm-hmm. It is a privileged experience, whether you like it or not. Um, privileged enough to be able to drop everything and go sit on the sidewalks of whatever city the show is in, or be able to have time 
enough to do so, to be able to have be lucky enough to have time to do so. And I think it's something that is really, if you have the ability to do it and it's allowed by the venue and you, it's something that you want to do, go for it. But to bully a venue into letting you do whatever you want is absolutely ridiculous. And I think once the policy was in place, that's the rules, do what you will from there. And I think once those rules were set, if people chose to show up at noon, they're still following the venue put out for that show. After they had already said we wouldn't allow it, they put out the rules, so these are the rules now. And people couldn't have that. That wasn't enough. People had to camp two days in advance. About four o'clock on Thursday afternoon, people started camping across the street. And what do you gain from camping out two days before when you can't even get into the actual line until noon the next day? And that's even, that's like even a higher amount of abuse of your privilege. And that's what infuriates me even more because it's it's just insane to me. And I might be able to forgive it. Like I might be able to forgive Heritage Bank Center bending the rules of their venue and the city to accommodate people who can't take no for an answer. Uh, maybe if it happened a little bit more than two seconds before the show. Right. Because we weren't gonna camp. No. Surely not. But if we if we wanted to, if we could have, there wouldn't have been an opportunity to, to get every for you to get off work, for me to find time. Like it was just such short short notice, and I think that's what left a worse taste in my mouth. And this is something that the venue kept saying over and over and over and over and over again. This isn't on us. We're waiting to hear from the band. We're waiting to hear from Cincinnati police. No. As a venue, you are the host of this event. You have to assume some level of respons responsibility. And if you can't do that, then you need new people in charge. You are the face of this event. People are looking to you for answers because you are the ones that set the rules. You are the ones that set the guidelines yeah. for the show. Well, we just want to do what the band wants to do. It doesn't matter what Josh, Jake, Sammy, and Danny want to do exactly. as far as security. I mean, they can put their own words into it and they can have their own opinions about what they would like things to be. But it's the venue, professionals, people that have done this for years, exactly. to decide what security measures should be in place. And that is what I'll say about that. <laughs> Besides that, the first time around, we received very little, very, very, very little communication from the venue. This is gonna spiral into a conversation that might get heavily edited. Depends on, <laughs> <laughs> depends on if the pod feels like getting sued or not. And by the pod, I mean me. So the first, the first time around, we had a lot of questions about how things were going to work because Cincinnati has rules against like loitering and camping overnight. And so we didn't know what was gonna happen because other cities, smaller venues, people were able to camp out for a day or two and it wasn't at the end all be all because it was a smaller city. There wasn't rules in place and it was kind of just 
this is what you have to do if you want a good spot in the pit. Well, Cincinnati is one of the bigger cities that they perform in for this tour. And so we were try trying to figure things out if we're able to camp overnight, which I don't think we would have. I don't think we would have anyway. We, we would have anyway, but just wanting to know how early we could get there, how early we can line up and what our odds are for getting barricade. And we had reached out to them, both of us, I think twice. Multiple times. Before before the first show even got postponed to just try to figure yeah. out what are the policies and we heard nothing in return. Fast forward, what? March, April, May, June, July. Our show was July 30th. It was probably like mid-July and we still hadn't heard anything from the venue other than clear bags only. This is the time the show starts. This is the time doors open. That's it. No other communication regarding policies on lining up, camping, pit, entrance, all that kind of stuff. So if you're part of the Facebook groups, you know how much people talk and people ask questions and people want to know what's going on. And for Cincinnati, there's a specific Facebook group. I'm sure there was probably another one that we weren't a part of, but there was one in particular and people were just trying to figure out what was going on with Cincinnati with the camping situation because other cities had been allowed to or other cities were told it's not allowed and, and fans were doing it anyway. And so people just didn't know what's going on. And people were posting in the Facebook group what time were people planning to get there for Cincinnati? Tyler, would you like to take over? This whole timeline is like messed up to me because I, it was, it was just such an act of negligence on their part. And I was just so mind boggled the entire time trying to deal with this venue that I don't even know what happened next what are we talking about are we talking about people posting in the facebook group that they're going to camp right anyway almost an overabundance of people uh complaining about heritage not saying anything um people saying that they were going to camp anyway um regardless of the city's ordinance or venue policy and i think just a lot of people just wanted information there were people who, you know, obviously wanted to hear what they wanted to hear, but there were people who just wanted to hear anything, any sort of communication, any signs of life. I feel like from that Heritage got, Bank Center. I feel like that got drowned out though by the people saying that they were going to break the rules anyway, because there were people that were honestly like online, in their DMs, on their Facebook page, like everywhere, trying to get information, and I think all of those people were getting drowned out by, were camping anyway we don't care what anybody says so it was just overall a really a really stressful and uh mildly infuriating time and so heritage had been and i want to make we're talking about heritage bank center in cincinnati ohio be clear who we're talking about which let's just preface i want to preface this before we talk about anything further about safety or communication or security um, Heritage Bank Center was formerly known as the Riverfront Coliseum in Cincinnati, Ohio. 
um, where in 1979, um, at a Who concert, 11 people died. 11 people died, and there were multiple injuries there due to venue negligence, fan craze, and lack of security or lack of quality of security. Um, so I kind of just want to make that clear that that was the same building. It's not the same people, of course, but you would just think at that building in particular and in that city that fan safety would be the utmost important thing to them. So Heritage had been telling people who had asked, are we going to be allowed to camp? And this wasn't people saying per se, I'm going to do whatever I want and I don't care what you say. This was just people asking, um, am I allowed to camp? Right. What are the policies? And they told people flat out, no camping will be allowed. We will not tolerate it. And it's in writing. Based on both venue policy and city ordinance. And then we moved to about three days? I, I think it was five days before the show. I think it was on the 25th. Just a few days before the show, they announced... Plot twist, we are going to allow you to, a camp, to camp. You can start camping at noon the day before the show. Which, in my opinion, is overkill. Anyway, even if it was allowed to begin with. Right. But they had told people flat out, this will not be allowed. You are not allowed to do this. We will not have it. Cincinnati police will not have it. Our venue policies will not allow for this kind of thing to occur. Well, they allowed it because they allowed people to bully them into breaking their own rules. And that's not left up for interpretation. That is what they said. That is what the venue itself said. They said that due to an overwhelming amount of people saying that they were going to camp anyway, we have decided we have partnered with Cincinnati police to set this thing up um, after telling you that this wasn't going to be allowed. And that's the thing. Camping... I'm fine with it, you know, I do acknowledge that it is part of the GA concert experience nowadays. Mm -hmm. It is a privileged experience, whether you like it or not. Um, privileged enough to be able to drop everything and go sit on the sidewalks of whatever city the show is in, or be able to have time enough to do so, to be able to have, be lucky enough to have time to do so. And I think it's something that is really if you have the ability to do it and it's allowed by the venue and you it's something that you want to do go for it but to bully a venue into letting you do whatever you want is absolutely ridiculous and i think once the policy was in place that's the rules do what you will from there and i think once those rules were set if people chose to show up at noon they're still following the venue put out for that show. After they had already said we wouldn't allow it, they put out the rules, so these are the rules now. And people couldn't have that. That wasn't enough. People had to camp two days in advance. About four o'clock on Thursday afternoon, people started camping across the street. And what do you gain from camping out two days before when you can't even get into the actual line until noon the next day and that's even that's like even a higher amount of abuse of your privilege 
And that's what infuriates me even more because it's it's just insane to me. And I might be able to forgive it. Like I might be able to forgive Heritage Bank Center bending the rules of their venue and the city to accommodate people who can't take no for an answer. Uh, maybe if it happened a little bit more than two seconds before the show. Right. Because we weren't going to camp. No. Surely not. But if we if we wanted to, if we could have... There wouldn't have been an opportunity to, to... get every For you to get off work, for me to find time, like, it was just such short, short notice. And I think that's what left a worse taste in my mouth. And this is something that the venue kept saying over and over and over and over and over again. This isn't on us. We're waiting to hear from the band. We're waiting to hear from Cincinnati police. No. As a venue, you are the host of this event. You have to assume some level of responsibility. And if you can't do that, then you need new people in charge. You are the face of this event. People are looking to you for answers because you are the ones that set the rules. You are the ones that set the guidelines for the show. Well, we just want to do what the band wants to do. It doesn't matter what Josh, Jake, Sammy, and Danny want to do as far as security. I mean, they can put their own words into it and they can have their own opinions about what they would like things to be. But it's the venue, professionals, people that have done this for years, to decide what security measures should be in place. And that is what I'll say about that. first opener comes on which is the velveteers unbelievable i i am the i am the biggest fan of the velveteers now a little plug for the velveteers i have seen we have all seen the youtube videos the the tiktoks of their set whether it's a headline show or supporting greta nothing that i could have seen online could have matched what you see live it's such a different experience so we saw them a couple days prior and when they headlined an indie at hi-fi we got barricade which was really exciting we got barricade guys <laughs> which like i i was very excited for the show but i had no idea what to really expect right and they are a group that is very interactive with the crowd mm-hmm. so you don't get that a lot no you have bands who stand on stage and don't even look at the crowd right yeah and so like what so they are comprised of demi who does vocals and guitar Mm -hmm. baby who does drums and johnny who does drums and drums keys and rhythm guitar yes and so during the set baby will bring a drum out into the crowd and they will just play it while someone's holding the drum up for them and it is really neat to see that. It's really neat. Um, in indie, we were kind of close, but not that close to where they put the drum out. Mm-hmm. In Cincinnati, it was right in line with where we were. Yeah. Which was really cool. And their guitar player, Demi, she brings her guitar out into the crowd. People hold it, and then she uses someone's phone as a slide while it's recording a video, which is really cool. And we got to hold her guitar 
and, and, and in Indy, yeah. which is super cool. And since she was on the whole other side from where we were, we couldn't even see her. But yeah. it's a really, really good show. Um, I don't know how long they've been around, but I they're only going to go up from here. This, Hopefully, yeah. It's really exciting to see everything that they're doing. Because we've never seen, we've never seen like a, a an up and coming group like that before. I don't think. Because mm-hmm. we weren't fans of Greta while they were still in there doing like bars and small venues, right. and I think they performed at they Hi-Fi. They performed at Hi-Fi, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that was the last time they were in Indianapolis. Greta, honestly, honeys, come to Indy. Come on, <laughs> like though that was like from the fire days. I don't even think mm-hmm. Anthem was out yet, which is a crime that they haven't been back yet but whatever but it's just really cool to see them be where they are now and we're gonna continue with their journey to yeah so we got through the velveteer set we both were not feeling that great but (laughs) we were both exchanging like i might dip but you can stay (laughs) it's okay like both of us were like yeah, I, I think I'm gonna have to go, but but please just enjoy the concert. Like I don't want to ruin. I don't want to ruin. I don't want to ruin your experience. I want you to have a good time, but I can't. I can't. So we wait probably about an, another half hour before Rival Sons comes out, and they get about 20 seconds into the first song, and we're both like, "Yeah, it's time to go. <laughs> we, it's time we, to go. We gotta dip." And but at this point, I had my shoes off. I hate. I hate being that girl with the shoes off. Where are the shoes that you can't handle that you have to take off? Mm. But I wasn't the only one. And if I wouldn't have, if I wouldn't have took them off, I would have died. Yeah. And so we're <laughs> trying to get out of the pit. I've got my shoes. I accidentally hit somebody really hard in the, Did you in really? the face. In the face? <laughs> with my shoe. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, you hit someone in the face? Not on purpose. I said sorry, but I was like... <laughs> I was just trying. I, I was, just caved in someone's <laughs> face with my boot, but I said sorry. <laughs> we were trying to get through, and I just needed some air. And people were not let- <laughs> people were not letting us through, so we had to kind of push our way out. And I think once there's a once you can see that someone's trying to get out, like move. move. Because we're not we're obviously not trying to get to a better spot if we're moving out and back. Right. And so just trying to get out people were not letting us out trying to get back people were fine but it was just the getting out people were just kind of like holding their spot back up we don't want your spot we're trying to leave literally so we get out we get to some air we get to the back of the pit and we (laughs) i just have to sit for a minute and i we sit there for a minute rival sons are doing their thing on stage i put my shoes back on and we're trying to go get something to drink, something to eat, so that we don't both pass out in the pit. So the only way to get out is to go up this super steep set of stairs. Very steep. With no railing, by the way. And you can't see because the lights are down because the band's on. So you have to like carefully take each step, try not to stumble and fall up the steps. So we get up there, we get water and pizza, which was $19. <laughs> 20 bucks for two slices of pizza and two waters. And the water wasn't even good. It was core water. And the pizza wasn't even good. It was Donato's. It was Donato's. And then after that, we both bought our merch. 
I got a t-shirt and a hoodie. Not a hoodie, but a sweatshirt. And then what did you buy? I got I got a t-shirt. I got the black one with the with the gold glitter lettering. I got a patch. I got uh, a bandana. And then I got the crew neck, the navy crew neck. I think that's all I got. So we got our merch and we were gonna venture back to our spot. We knew we were gonna have to go to the back of the pit because at this point, that's all there was room for. Which and we were kind of disappointed yeah. in that, but once we got back there, like before we went to go get pizza, once we got back there, we looked and it was still a phenomenal view of the mm -hmm. stage. And you had some personal space. And you had some, you had a lot of personal space. You had air, you could breathe, you could move around, you could dance, you could whatever, and nobody's pushing up against you. It, it, was, it was great. Because I think the main thing for me is I was really disappointed that we had to move because we had waited, at, but at this point, like 10, 10, hours, 10 hours yeah. for Greta and we had to give it up so that we both didn't pass out. But if we wouldn't have moved, I think one of us- We would have dropped. Would have dropped. At least one of us. Mm -hmm. So it was for the best that we moved. And I think there were a lot of other things that were good that we moved because like, we still got a great view of the stage. We weren't two inches away from the band, but we still got good pictures, good videos. You could still hear great. You had personal space. You had people around you who were nice. Yeah. And just as excited as you were to see the, the show. Nice. And so it's a really good experience in the back of the pit. And so I would recommend if you're somebody who can't devote even as much time as we did to camp. Right. Like if you, if your show's in the middle of a, like a work week and you can't get there until the doors open, the back of the pit is fine. It's a great view. It's it great, shouldn't be that much of a It's a great experience and no. you shouldn't worry about it. That's my piece with that. So we didn't really see Rival Sons, as I said. <laughs> Are you pressed? To be honest, not really. I'm not a huge Rival Sons stan. Um, I don't really, I don't really dig them, to be honest. I know that there was a lot of people who were really excited for them and really excited to see that they were going on the road with Greta. We talk about this a lot <laughs> between the two of us, but their music is kind of reminiscent of, there's a TikTok that talks about um, the stomp clap music <laughs> genre, like the Ford truck month kind of- Toyota-thon. Toyota-thon music. And so that's kind of what that's the music- That's what we get. Sorry. Feels like to me. That doesn't mean that they're not super We don't talented. discredit their musicianship. No. The, as I told Sam a couple days ago, like the lead singer and the lead guitarist have played, have tributed Black Sabbath in front of Black Sabbath. So like it's not at the Grammys. So it's mm -hmm. not like we're discrediting their musicianship. It's just not for us. Poisonally. Poisonally. I know people who we met in line that did not like the Velveteers. We I, love the Velveteers. Yeah. So <laughs> Rival Sons happens in the show their set ends and so it's probably about another hour before Greta comes out and they have a curtain that is in front of their stage before they go on the, there's a lot of songs that play before the show and then before the first song there's a poem that plays that is Josh speaking to kind of set the tone for the show and it's played it every time I think there was one city where it didn't work so we had to do it live, yeah. which is kind of cool. So that poem goes, um, the curtain still stays up and then the lights start kind of flashing so you can see their outlines. <laughs> Our show opened with Built by Nations. 
So you have the and then that's when the curtain's supposed to drop, I think. Nobody knows. <laughs> Nobody knows because every show the curtain is dropped at a different time. Different time every time. But the time that we saw it drop it and the time that late. you were talking about, it matches up. Like it would match up either way. Mm-hmm. I think it fell earlier in Huntington mm-hmm. a couple nights ago. It fell after the first. Yeah, the first little the guitar fir- interview. Mm-hmm. And ours fell after the like second. second. Yeah. yeah. So the timing's been different on the curtain every single time. But then they go into Built by Nations, which is a song that I would say, and I think you might agree, was we both kind of slept on yeah. before hearing it live. Yeah. And so that had kind of, that seeing that live and having that as the opener really kind of makes me really like that song now. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple songs that were on the set list that I was kind of like, eh, they're okay. But now I listen to them every single day. Yeah. So we're gonna go through the set list. So for our show, we open with Built by Nations, like I said, and then Trip the Light Fantastic. Which, which is, is a song that I slept on a lot. Me too. But it's so good. It's so good. It was so good to hear live. Truly. And then Safari Song, which is super fun. You mm. get some twin action during that song. Um, and it was re- the crowd was really interactive during that song and really excited and the band was kind of really into it, which was really exciting. And then we had Danny's drum solo, which was good as always. I could feel in my chest. <laughs> like my, my heart was bouncing to his kick drum. It mm-hmm. was insane. I've never been to a show where it's that loud mm-hmm. to where I feel it. Like I, I feel it. I would say the, Vel- the Velveteers show. The Velveteers in Indianapolis. Yes. But even the Velveteers at Heritage, I think like everything was quiet for a while, like too quiet for a while. And mm-hmm. then somebody was like, we need to turn this up. And Baby's and uh, Johnny's drums turned up like a quarter of the way through the set. <laughs> and we didn't know what was going on, but the whole place was shaking. It was crazy. And then Black Smoke Rising's taking back to their original songs. Which was really nice to hear live. I didn't know if it would be on the set list or not, but I was glad we got to get that one. Mm-hmm. And then Heat Above, which has been on every set list. Heat Above's kind of a staple for them. That's kind of one of their two songs that really helped them take off on TikTok. And then from there, Broken Bells, which is a gorgeous song, but live so is something else. to hear live. I, mm-hmm. It's the same thing with Trip the Light, I think, for me. It's like Trip the Light and Broken Bells were probably my favorite two songs from the set mm-hmm. to hear live because they're such it's such an experience. So from Broken Bells, we go into Light My Love, which is a song, another one of their songs. What? I am inconsolable during the entirety <laughs> of this show. I think Light My Love, Light My Love, hold on. Light My Love is the fifth to last song of the set. And through the entirety of this I am sobbing. I am sobbing. crying. I am sobbing. I am inconsolable. Weeping. weeping. Well, I'm weeping. Niagara Falls. Mm-hmm. Light My Love is another one of their songs that blew up on TikTok. And mm-hmm. it's a song that listening to it like on Spotify or whatever, I'm like, oh, I've heard this song a million times. Seeing it live with the music and the lighting and everything about it all together, it is truly beautiful 
I think it's really interesting how this is the first show as well where uh, the lighting tells the story of the set. I feel like mm-hmm. the set tells a story and the lighting tells the story with it. Mm-hmm. It's hard to explain through like a podcast where there's no like visual. visual yeah. Um, but it's 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 truly a, a dreams and gold show, and because this is the first time we've ever had the opportunity to see Greta, so a dreams and gold show is really um, a story mm-hmm. to see live. It's such an experience because you have the lighting, you have the pyro, uh-huh. which <laughs> <laughs> the pyro is really cool. The pyro is fine. The fire is the fire yeah. is hot. Yeah, and. Where, like, some shows, like, it's just, like, a quick blast of fire. This was, like, here's a, a burning flame for five minutes. <laughs> I don't know how Danny's skin doesn't melt off. I couldn't do it. I couldn't Plus, either. like, I don't know how he doesn't faint. Because, I mean, mm-hmm. well, he's very, like, fit, sure. Mm-hmm. But, like, having that fire near you while doing such a... The drums are, like... Very, like, a very physical performance. Yeah. I, I could not. <laughs> oh my gosh. And then from like my love, we go into Age of Machine, which is really cool live. Um, I didn't know if we would get that on our set list or not because of the way that things had been going. But yeah. I'm glad we did. And then they always, I think they always end with The Weight of Dreams for their first I think they do too. set. Which The Weight of Dreams is another song that I would say I kind of slept on a little bit. If nothing else, just because of the length. So long. But after seeing it live and listening to it back, like, we we saw it live, and then the first time we listened to it after the show, that's what really, like, opened our eyes to, like, this is so far the band's, like, magnum opus. Mm-hmm. It is, like, their greatest piece of art yet. It's art. It's art. It's gorgeous. And it's a song that... It, it feels like you are just in the midst of this like beautiful, cinematic, magical experience. And it's really hard to describe, but it is so worth being a part of. And that song live, like after seeing it live, I listen to it pretty much every day. Mm-hmm. And that length doesn't even matter anymore. Yeah. Because it's just so captivating. So they end their first part and then they go off stage come back for encore they then go into age of man which is my (laughs) personal favorite greta song i was really really hoping that we would get it i was like i got chills because i didn't mm -hmm. know if we if we'd get age of man because they usually switch up their set lists every show Mm -hmm. um who was before cincinnati hershey 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 and Cincinnati had the same set. Mm-hmm. Didn't know if we'd get it or not. Um, I got chills. Because I love yes. Age of Man 2. I wouldn't say it's probably... I don't think I'd say it's my favorite. It's definitely up there. But like to have like the blue hue on stage and then to hear Sammy's keys at the beginning of the song, it's just... I started crying again. It is. I started crying again. <laughs> I was so, so, so excited to get it because they had been doing... E- either Age of Machine or Age of Man, and they hadn't really been doing both. And so the fact that we got both is exciting. Yeah. But I I was like, the whole time I was like, I want Age of Man, Age of Man, Age of Man, Age of Man, Age of Man. Just like how Harry Styles fans are with medicine. I was like, I want Age of Man. Right, yeah. And so I'm so excited 
that we got that. And then we go. <laughs> Girl, I <laughs> let's let's talk. Let's do the diamond disc uh, discussion of Highway Tune. So we got Highway Tune to close us out. We got. <laughs> I just before we get into it, I just want to say we were supposed to have Stardust chords and My Way soon. Yeah. In the encore. It was on the set list. Mm-hmm. And we got robbed of it. We got the, the platinum diamond disc reprised. <laughs> version of highway tune which i love highway extended tune. director's cut of highway tune yes i love highway tune i think it's a great song but it went on and on because there on. was there was highway tune mm-hmm. and then it went and then into there was jelvis it went into i got mine I got which mine. is a, i think a black keys yeah. cover they didn't do the full thing just like a little bit of it and then into jake harmonica right and then Jonas. which was a Jake Harmonica. It was Jake Harmonica and then Jake Harmonica and like Joshua talk back. Mm-hmm. And, and then, then Jelvis, which is Josh doing an Elvis cover of That's All Right. And then it was the end of Highway, Highway Tune. Tune. And then it was like a drum solo, a little bass solo, a guitar solo, talk back from Josh. It, it was like a 30 minute deal Hi- of Highway Tune. 30 minute, yeah. It started, and they're all about the diamond, the diamond disc, because uh, the weight of dreams solo. It goes on, and on and on. The and studio on. release is like a six-minute song. Mm-hmm. Live is like a 15, 20 minute mm-hmm. ordeal. And I'm okay with. with I'm that. okay with that. Mm-hmm. But um, when it's the end of the show, and, and I don't get Stardust chords or, or My Way tune <laughs> because we want to do the diamond disc of Highway Tune, <laughs> I get a little upset. I um, I posted a video of the Jelvis performance on Instagram, and someone was like, oh my gosh, you got Jelvis? And I was like, yeah, but we didn't get My Way soon. And they were like, I thought they always did My Way soon. I did too. There was, there's a, um, a TikTok sound that's like, I'm leaving, I'm packing my bags. And then it transitions into, I'm packing my bags for My Way soon. And we were gonna do that. We were gonna do that, and I saw other people try to do that too. And then it cut to they didn't play it. <laughs> there was like it was like a running thing. Like the past three, two or three shows was like people who got the set list posted it to the to the Facebook groups, mm-hmm. and it'd be like uh, my way soon listed but not performed. And uh, while I will take I will take a thirty minute highway tune over mm-hmm. ending the show. Right. But I want Stardust chords. What was the other one? My way soon. My way soon. And I was really hoping for Lover Lever because I really like Lover Lever, and you could have fit all three of those, even on top of the Black Keys cover and the Jelvis and the harmonica and the highway tune. <laughs> you could have fit. You could have fit three other songs into the length of the the solo wind diamond disc that we got. But I'm fine with it. But yeah. I'm not. I we get we didn't get Caravel we didn't get we didn't get Caravel either no oh um I knew they wouldn't do it but I really wanted Flower Power everybody wants Flower Power everybody wants Flower everybody, Power everybody I want to get as close to this mic as possible without getting any like buzz but everybody wants Flower Power everybody do we need to do like subliminal messaging everybody Literally. wants Flower Power everybody <laughs> wants Flower Power. <laughs> But and, and the barbarians, please. Yes, the barbarians. Please. They haven't played it. They haven't no. the barbarians at I, any uh, US, US, US shows. No. Robbed. Robbery. Highway robbery. But we get a 30 minute highway too. <laughs> 
So that is the end of the show. You know what? I wouldn't be surprised if the if next time, next time we see him, the entire show is just an hour and a half highway to him. <laughs> hey guys, we actually added another verse. I don't put it beyond them to give us that. No. After the diamond disc of Highway Tune, the concert's over. Um, during the concert, we had we saw people all in the pit dropping like flies. People oh, yeah. being carried out, people thrown up on the floor. It took me to. It was right next to us. Mm-hmm. It took me. It was. And it ruined my experience a little bit because I was crying because Light My Love is a very important song to me. It's not my favorite, but it's very important. And I realized that this woman threw up on the floor (laughs) right next to me while we were like swaying to Light My Love. And it kind of ruined it for me, but what can you do? And it's not like it's necessarily something she could have helped because I saw her like kind of stumbling around a little bit. And the way that that venue was set up, she would have never made it up the stairs. To make it to a trash can. Absolutely not. But the other part was that security just like kind of walked by it over and so over. So many times. I think like eight different guards walked by it and didn't do anything about it. And then there was finally someone that came by and took care of it. I didn't see that. It was right towards the end. Yeah. They they like kept it off, pushed it off as long as I could. And then they were like, well, a lot of people are going to be walking and this way. That and people were people were like putting their flashlight on it. So that security would see that there was like something lit up in the crowd and come yeah. over, and then they would walk by it. Insane. We watched a girl get carried up the stairs. Like yeah, like kudos carried. to that man who picked her up and carried her because mm-hmm. I couldn't have done that because no. the how steep it was. Because mm-hmm. walking up and walking up would be easier, not with a whole bunch of weight atop of you. Mm-hmm. Doing that in the pitch black yeah where you can't see the steps in front walking of you. down i felt myself leaning oh, forward yeah so much I, with no railing no real like no railing anywhere white claw in hand <laughs> like i if honestly if i fell with that white claw that i spent so much money and waited so long to get i would have protected the white claw <laughs> i would have rolled down i would have taken a tumble all the way down those stairs but you best bet that when i reached the floor not one drop of white claw had been spilled. <laughs> when we were walking back down after we got the merch and stuff, like it was still light, and I, I took like 25 minutes to walk down the steps because of how steep they were, and like I already have a fear of heights, and I've fallen down the stairs <laughs> before, <laughs> but that steep without anything to hold on to, like that's crazy. We leave the venue, get out to the car, and go on our merry way. At this point, it's probably like 11:30. About. Because the band came on at nine. Nine-ish. Yeah. And then by the time we got out to the car, after trying to get through the sea of people, which we kind of just kind of stuck to ourselves for a little bit after people started moving so that it wasn't so crazy. Yeah. But so that was our experience. So now we're going to kind of try to provide some tips for people who might be going to future shows and some final reflections. So I think for me, I talked, I made a TikTok talking about this, but you can watch all the concert clips that you want in the world of Greta Van Fleet. You can watch them at Red Rocks. You can watch them at other shows on this tour. 
but there is nothing that can capture how magical it is to be in the arena while they're up on stage. Absolutely. There is just something about it that I don't think I've ever experienced at another concert. Because at other concerts, you're obviously excited to be there. You're obviously feeding off the energy of the band, off the energy of the crowd. With the, the sound and the light and the pyro and whatever else is going on. But just something about this show is just so captivating and beautiful and magical. And it's something that everyone should experience. And in my TikTok, I said, if you're within a couple hours of a, of a show date, or if you consider yourself to be even a mild, casual enjoyer of Greta Van Fleet, you should go. And I think it's important too, we kind of touched on this a little bit, how we talked about how we moved to the back of the pit and it was still an excellent experience. I think it doesn't matter if you have barricade or if you are in the nosebleeds, it is still an incredible experience. Yeah. And something that everybody should get to be a part of. Um, I kind of agree with what you said about, uh... You know, I'm a, I'm a big concert goer, and I've never quite seen anything like Greta Van Fleet live, ever. It's truly something to behold with your own eyes. Um, do not follow in our footsteps. If you have pit tickets, do not follow in our footsteps of our lack of preparation. Eat a lot beforehand. Um, drink a lot of water the night before and the day of. Bring liquid IVs. Bring liquid IVs. I can't... Since we were so, like, out of it, and we didn't prepare like we should have, mm -hmm. I can't even tell if liquid IV helped. I'm sure they did, mm -hmm. because everybody says they work. Mm -hmm. So yeah, bring those. Bring a lot of snacks with you there. Bring a portable charger. Portable charger. Or two. Yeah. Because your phone will die waiting in line, and you're going to want to be able to take pictures and videos during the concert or find your friends if you get lost. I would not recommend bringing signs. Please don't. There are there were people in the pit who had signs and I think it's very rude to the people who are behind you to do that because you're blocking their already hard to see view. Unless you know that you have barricade. Don't do And it. you can put it in front of you on the barricade. Don't bring a sign, please. Like, please. There, there were, there was a girl who had a cardboard cut out of Josh. There was like rhinestones and lashes put on it at some point, but she, yeah. she was at barricade. So it's not like she was three rows back holding up this sign, blocking everyone's view. Yeah. And she was holding it up and getting the crowd to cheer on one side or the other, which I thought was kind of funny. I took some pictures of it. But. I think I might do that. If we go to another <laughs> show, I want to do that. <laughs> Everybody's doing this thing, this cool thing now that I'm seeing where it's like uh, signs on Snapchat using like mm -hmm. the Snapchat texts. Mm -hmm. That's really interesting. I think do that if you want to do something. Yeah. I think even if the band can't read it, it's kind of funny to have the people around you be able to read like yeah. whatever random thing you're holding up. Um, this is not the science fair. No. Do not bring your poster <laughs> board that your mom bought you last minute. Because you forgot. You got your rubber cement letters you got on your, it. Oh my god, rubber cement. <laughs> yeah, d don't. Yeah, leave the posters at home. I think if you're going to camp, be sure to bring something to sit on. Whether it's a blanket or a chair. Yeah. Because we did not bring anything and sat on the concrete. I would also say don't bring too much stuff. 
because if you have a situation like how we did where there was not time to run it back to the car, you either had to ditch it or figure out something else to do with it. Which I don't know if people were bringing stuff into the arena or not. There were people in line in front of us who had- With chairs? With chairs. Like way after we had already moved to the spot, like within five or six minutes of the doors opening, like still sitting in their chairs. Yeah. So I don't know what happened with that, but bring something to sit on. Don't bring too much stuff. Make friends with the people around you. Even if you come with like friends or like a friend group, it's still good to meet the people around you, connect with them. Mm-hmm because you're about to have a shared experience that. And I think a Greta Van Fleet concert kind of invites that mm -hmm. in itself. Right. I think the fans are a part of what makes going to a, a show so such an amazing experience because the fans mostly are phenomenal people. I, mm -hmm. I myself personally haven't met an unlikable person mm -hmm. in person. Yes. I've seen many online. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you have that in every, in every, I hate saying the word fandom. It sounds so... Fan base. Fan base, whatever. You have that everywhere. But yeah. I myself haven't met an unlikable person. And I think at the shows, Greta fans, with I would say like 96% of Greta fans, are very nice, very friendly, and care for each other. Mm -hmm. That 4% though is what is capable of... Ruining, ruining an experience. Ruining everything. Yeah. Uh, we didn't even talk about this. The woman in the pit. Who... I was hoping you'd bring it up. <laughs> oh my gosh. We had a, an experience in the pit with a woman who lied about her daughter being at Barricade to push forward. People were not having it. People were chanting for security to remove her. She went up to security, lied to security, and they moved her to the other side of the Barricade. She's part of that 4%. And I think it's ridiculous that security was just like, oh yeah, you can move to the, other, just move to the other side of the barricade. Stay on the barricade, just go to the other side. I, okay. That's not, that's not the issue. Anyway, I think it's been really good to meet Greta fans who are like how I was describing, kind, friendly, care for one another. We've met a lot of people through like Instagram and TikTok. TikTok's and a big one. Facebook. Me. Yeah who are part of that 96% that are very kind, have been really nice people to meet. So you know who you are, but um, hope to run into more people that we've met online in person. That was our experience at Greta Van Fleet in Cincinnati, Ohio. So this has been our experiences with Greta Van Fleet, seeing them about three weeks ago. Yeah. Which about. is hard to believe it's been that long, Yeah, but it was a really great show overall. I mean, there were a lot of things and factors that were kind of working against us, but once the band came on stage, everything didn't really matter at that point. So if you like what you heard today, like I said in the beginning, this is very different than anything we've done on this podcast, but I would love to continue with this kind of concert review thing. So if anybody wants to give me tickets to, to anything, it could be the Red Hot Chili Pipers. <laughs> Not the Pipers. And I'd be there. I want to do concert reviewing. If you like what you heard today, make sure that you're following us on whatever platform you're listening to this on. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all sorts of random platforms I've never even heard of, but we're on there. Make sure you're following us on all the socials. At the Scoop WCM, we post not that often, 
But if there's any show updates or behind the scenes stuff, that's where you'll find that. And make sure that you go follow Tyler on all of his socials. Oh, stop what are it. your What are your stop socials? Um, my Instagram is tyler.alexander18. And my TikTok is house, spelled H-A-U-S, because asterisk, limp wrist, underscore of underscore Tyler. So you said that you go follow Tyler on all his stuff. Please. If you can't find him, just go to my page and he's tagged. But Yeah. Yeah. So this is the episode. Make sure that you come back next time. We'll probably do something totally different, but see you same time, same place next time for a brand new episode of The Scoop. Talk to you later.